This is School Nursing Uncovered, a podcast for school nurses by school nurses. Brought to you by the NHS team behind the Chat Health Service, partnering with the school and the Public Health Nurses Association. Hello and welcome to School Nursing Uncovered. During this first series, we're uncovering challenges and issues affecting children and young people and families across the UK. We're going to be covering the role of the school nurse, mental health, vaping, safeguarding and gender identity. So today we're going to be talking about healthy lifestyles and with me I have a few guests. I've got Emma, Selena and Miriam. So I'm just going to ask you all to just introduce yourself, give a quick kind of brief description of your role and what your background is. So if I start with you, Emma. Yeah, so my name's Emma Hyam. And I'm a school nurse in Trafford, and that's an area of Greater Manchester. Selena? I'm a specialist community public health nurse and the clinical team lead for my area, and I also lead um, for my trust on Chat Health. Hi, I'm Miriam Collett. I'm a lecturer at the University of Salford. So I am a school nurse by background, and I lead our Skiffin programme. Well, thank you for joining us today. And my name is Laura Burrows. I don't think I introduced myself. I'm the clinical lead for the Digital Health Transformation Service at Leicestershire Partnership NHS trust and we're behind the team for chat health we're behind that and I'm a school nurse by background as well so I used to practice in the northwest of the UK we're going to be talking all things healthy lifestyles which is a big topic and I think they could be about four or five different sub podcasts within that section as well so I think just to kind of start off really it might be just pertinent to kind of look at what we mean by healthy lifestyles and kind of what from a school nursing point of view what the kind of guidance and roles or responsibilities are around healthy lifestyles what is the national guidance around it at the moment if I come to you first Miriam I struggle with the term healthy lifestyles a bit okay you know we've got strategies that focus on things like childhood obesity which I think would come under that and we've got policies around promoting good dental health thinking about moving thinking you know change for life things so I think yeah I think healthy lifestyles is a bit Mm -hmm. of a broad term yeah i think sometimes it is used as a nicer way of saying obesity that might just be my own personal um, yeah <laughs> perspective what's healthy for one person may not necessarily be healthy for another and it is such a broad topic what, what would you think selena would you agree with that or do you it does it encounter different a kind of visions in your brain when we say healthy lifestyles i think slightly different i do i do agree that obviously it it does you know relate mostly to um obesity but i think for healthy lifestyles that should also incorporate the school entry health screening so the vision the ncnp as well so for the doing the heights and weights immunizations um should come into that i Mm. think yeah and as you say oral health as well and obviously part of that is also the educating the children and the families yeah what about you emma i agree healthy is such a general word to you know one someone's health is different to another person's health so i think general well-being within our school age children for us we we often do parent drop-ins and we'll do pupil drop-ins and as part of that we will discuss lots of different areas of health and well-being we do a lot of continence work with regards to bedwetting constipation oral health we'll look at healthy eating we've done some work recently in a primary school where we looked at different portion sizes and it was quite eye-opening actually for me as a parent (laughs) and as a school nurse that you know what's in some of the foods that we think are a healthy option or 
you know, a good option for a lunchbox. You know, we're, we're told they are. So that was something that we've been doing some work on around healthy lifestyles. We do work around sleep, parenting, guidance, support, and obviously the emotional health as well. Yeah. So there's, it's just like, say, it's overarching. So you know, there's so many yeah. things. And though we have what we got, you know, the Healthy Child Programme, don't we? So I know you, you touched on a few things, Selena, in terms of, I think you might have said it as well, Miriam, about the NCMP programme as well. So is that something that in Trafford that you're commissioned to do as well? Yeah, so we weigh and measure the children in reception and again in year six. So quite a big gap in years between. And I know from looking at data recently, the levels of obesity or overweight children in reception is quite low. But when they get into year six, it we're actually seeing quite a significant rise. So I know there's some work going on at the moment with our public health commissioners as to, you know, what's going on between those ages. So I think that that's mm-hmm. going to um, uncover some interesting reads. I know the um, age is getting younger for children accessing social media and online gaming. So whether kids are becoming um, more stagnant earlier or whether there's something else going on, I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure, but I think it'll be an interesting find. Yeah, from what I remember from my days of doing the, the public health qualification, that that's kind of national findings, isn't it? That reception the levels of kind of overweight or obese children is at a lower level but that significantly increases in year six is that what you find in your area as well? yeah de- definitely I looked at the figures actually this morning and it's definitely a lot higher for the year sixes and within our trust we tend to follow those up once the results come back and they get the letters then we follow follow it up with a phone call and offer them some support and some yeah. additional work and you know lifestyles work with them we do get some that take up that offer you know we'll happily accept it and unfortunately we do get those families that are quite annoyed by the yeah. by the letter and then some of them that do come back to us and say actually now we thought about it you know our initial reaction you know we've we've changed our mind and we do want some support it's a sensitive issue isn't it so when you're telling a parent that actually there might be a health issue with a child it can be hard to take on board and there's a lot of kind of factors that can influence parents reaction to that as well so whether they've got their own issues with maybe their own health as well nobody wants their child to be considered you know use that word fat don't you you know and and that's what the parents certainly said to me you know my child isn't fat fine you know they've got puppy fat and it is really difficult to deal with as a school nurse I don't know how did you find it when you were in your school nursing days well it part of my life at the moment is I'm doing some research Mm -hmm. in this area you know what the research tells us is that most parents find that challenging or upsetting and that the receiving letters following the NCMP unless your child is in the healthy weight range for other children outside overweight or obese according to the categories find that upsetting mm. and the ch- and we know that the in particularly for year six the letters are addressed to the parents but kids open them and the kids yeah. read them you know and we've got lots of research telling us that and I suppose I think we could be doing something much more valuable yeah at that point because I think the the NCMP as a data collection exercise works you know we get yeah. lots of data the data over the last 20 years has shown us that nothing's changed yeah. So we've been collecting data for the NCMP since 2006. The stats around childhood overweight and obesity remain a concern for yeah. public health professionals. What we're doing isn't making a difference in that sense. Yeah. You know, weighing and measuring kids doesn't actually change 
what happens outside of in the yes. home or in society doesn't you know I think as public health nurses actually what we need to be doing is pushing up the way in terms of policy in terms of you know thinking about those health inequalities the impact of poverty you know so much of the things that impact a person's body size are beyond their individual control and I think that's a challenge especially for those of us that have worked in inner city areas where yeah. there's high levels of deprivation we see those high rates of obesity according to BMI and you know we then asking parents to do something about that even if we're offering weight management services or whatever it's still putting the responsibility on them and yeah. I think we've got to be more mindful of actually that it's such a big it's beyond an individual's control for so many people yeah it's such a tricky subject isn't it because if you're telling especially and this is something that we might have all found especially we've had gone through a pandemic we've got a massive cost of living crisis mm -hmm. and actually what's the data going to tell us about how this is affecting children's weights and yeah. actually how do the children themselves feel about being weighed I know you know, do we do we know that? Do we know how they might feel about stood in front of all their peers and being in a line and being weighed one by one? How does that make them feel? You know, like you say, from a data collection point of view, it is really important. But are we making them feel worse about, you know, if they've potentially got issues around their body images in year six, they are beginning to develop those feelings of being more aware of the body, aren't they, and their image. How do they feel about it? And I don't know. It's, it's, it's at what cost? Yeah. So we've got this data, but at what cost? Yes. Yeah. I think for, for my school nurse, I feel like, particularly for reception, mm. that first contact that they have with our service might be a letter off from the NCMP saying, your child's fat and it's your fault, essentially. That's obviously yeah. not the wording, but I think that's the way, and that's what the research tells us. The research yeah. tells us that that is how it's received. Yeah. Is that you're a bad parent because your child's fat and it's your fault. Yeah. And that's the feeling. The language so building doesn't up say a that. barrier at that first yeah. point of contact. And if you think about yeah. that first contact from what they have with health visiting service, yeah. compared to that first contact with skilled nursing, it's worlds apart. And I'm, mm. my worry is that that sets us, us on a trajectory with families and parents where their interaction is, oh, it doesn't start off well. It's a negative, isn't it? Yeah. This is something we've talked about recently with making every contact count. And I was saying something the same about if you, you have to build up trust, you have to build up loyalty, respect. And those early meetings with health professionals could have a lifelong impact. You know, we want these people to, you know, if they are unwell in the future or need physical or emotional support in the future, we want them to be able to engage. But if they've got a childhood memory of a really negative contact with a health professional that could arguably mm. change their, their their ongoing health mm -hmm. yeah you're definitely right there it's just you want to build their relationships but it's it's all you want them to if they did have a problem if they did want support with healthy weight for them to feel like they can come to you without the fear of being judged or being labeled as yeah. a bad parent like you said Miriam so it's a really useful exercise like you're saying data but are we are we diminishing some of those that good work done by maybe health visitors in building relationships or with um, health professionals who knows like the the researchers I don't know is, is it out there or there's some is that we know as skilled nurses we are not the most visible service going yeah. and that you know even your covid research done about skilled nursing covid stuff you know that we know we don't know who we are so we've got to fly the flag yeah as definitely. much as we can for our service but I think I think we're stuck a bit in between a rock and a hard place because the policies are set and you know we've yeah. got we can't just stop doing stuff because we don't like it yeah but I think there's that opportunity at like school entry and at year 60 year seven yeah. to have 
those like meaningful conversations about health. Yeah. What do you want from us? What can we do to help you? What what is what is on your mind? And not worry so much about your height to weight ratio. But let's talk about do you sleep well? Do you like look after your mental health? Do you eat fruit and veg? Do you play out with yeah. you know like so in terms of health, healthy lifestyles, then yeah. we're not focus on healthy lifestyle, yeah. not just what your BMI is. Yeah, because there's not just overweight kids; there's, the, there's underweight kids, and there's there's kids in high school as well taken away from the NCMP who might be trying to up protein intakes to have a certain aesthetic, or mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a whole range of there's eating disorders as well. You know, there's a whole range of unhealthy lifestyles. So from for a school nursing point of view, maybe we do see. I know we said it's really general broad term but maybe we do need to see it more general and see see it as more general that you know if you're sleeping well you're eating your five portions of fruit and veg a day or you know and maybe that's more of a a kind of route to take really but or maybe we get more inventive around how we do the NCMP and I know in in places that I previously worked they kind of involved it with really good health promotion so they did sessions with the young people where they were really engaged around healthy lifestyles I don't know how is it delivered in your area is there any kind of interventions or health promotion you do alongside yeah we do so I was going to say is it is it the way that we're selling the NCMP to, to parents and the young people um, so obviously now we've been able to get back out into schools and do new parent talks. So as the new intake are coming in, then we'll we'll do new parent talks. We'll be there, visible, accessible to them, let them know about our service and let them know about the first contact that they will have with us. Yeah. So they're sort of, I guess, pre-warned in a way. Um, so we'll we'll talk to them about the letter, have a copy of, you know, the letters there so that they can see so that it's not a shock or surprise when they get it. Um, and then obviously let them know that we're there to offer them support as well after they get that that letter when we go into the school we'll do a pre-talk so we do a powerpoint presentation with year r's so we talk about why we're doing it how we're going to do it we take the equipment along so that they're familiar with the faces of who's gonna Mm. you know show up on the day and the equipment that's used and what it's for and that we let them know that actually if they don't want to have it done that's fine they haven't got to have it done um so they don't feel pressured in everywhere in any way and we do the same with the year sixes as well so there'll be sort of a contact with them which is around general health promotion and, and public health and that'll be you know included in the NCMP talk that we do with them as well yeah so again there's no surprises for them and yeah. then you know they can go home talk to their parents about it before obviously they have it yeah. you know done if they wish to do it I think sometimes and this is me not speaking professionally this is from um, a mom of a daughter who's just started year seven so was in year six and I know that they all talked amongst themselves so when somebody opted out they knew they opted out because they thought they were fat you know and I use their quotation marks because that's what they all talked about so they're given that freedom to opt out but then in doing so that act themselves has put them up for you know other peers saying to them you're not having you're not being weighed because you're fat you know and it's put them up for bullying straight away from and this is why I always think what the kids feel about it you know how do they feel about being weighed in that environment and and maybe it's done in different and I say this is just personally from a, a daughter who, whose friend, you know, opted out and as a consequence got a bit of a backlash from her peers around it, which was just really sad. And I just wonder how they do feel. And I don't know whether the research is out there around around how they feel, but we have to do it. You know, we, we do it. And I think like if you say we can make it clear to them, that's what we're going to do and, and tie it with good health promotion, those things that school nurses do really well. Maybe it can have a positive outcome as well for some young people down the line as well. But I 
what do we do with those kids who are identified as being, you know, so you contact the parents and they say, yeah, I would really love for you to do some work with my child. Is there any services out there for them? I know we've got a minimum six month wait for a telephone call with weight management. We've got one dietitian now in that six month a child who has you know potentially got some over emotional eating or overeating is going to potentially put on even more weight within that mm-hmm. six months then it's a telephone call that telephone calls with the parent not with the child again I don't know what we're gaining from it we've identified they're obese or overweight we're waiting six months to do a phone call while they're sat with that letter they then obviously already maybe had a bit of bullying from peers mm. we then maybe wait another six months for a face-to-face a year's gone by they've all that time they're on social media they're finding their own diets or fads or whatever it is it's like we drop a bomb of you're fat or you're overweight and then just walk away and it's Mm. what heart what 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 help is that doing yeah i know from us we when we deliver the ncmp to year to year sixes we have um, a body image talk that we do they've been on social media two or three years most of these kids they've already got a body image issue so we're missing the boat big time we're just i, I can't believe that the ncmp is nearly 18 years old mm-hmm. social media wasn't around back then fast food uber eats just eats wasn't around back then so we're just are we moving with the time or are we just stuck 20 years ago because actually what what would we not be better using that time more proactively in in you know helping these kids educating these kids I was asked to do um some body image talk at a school and also some healthy eating and I really struggle to find out how many calories a child should have a day it's, it's not easily accessible and then it changes from website to website of whether it's a thousand one thousand one hundred one thousand two hundred if you're a boy you're a girl you're age nine you're age ten you're age eleven I found it really confusing confusing so if there's no clear guidance out there for parents and professionals how can we be giving accurate advice but should you even be giving calories to children you know are you setting yourself up for them counting calories rather than not being able to understand hunger cues and all that that that's topical isn't it calories from a parent point of view like i didn't know that my kids should have a thousand calories Mm. it's not a lot when you start adding it you know adding it up and Mm. I think when you're looking at yogurt, full fat yogurt, and and think you think you're doing good by giving them yogurt, it was a big learning curve for me. So I, absolutely, I don't think kids should be mm. um, counting calories. But I think as a parent, I needed more awareness. Yeah, I thought I was a, a a good parent that was offering healthy lunches, but actually, when I took a step back and, and knew more about what they shouldn't, you know, should be having, I was quite took aback really so if you you talk about by a parent then how we how you feel as a school nurse as well you know yeah. if parents come to you for that professional advice because I did and, and I will say when I was school nursing that was I found healthy lifestyles one of the difficult parts of school nurses delivering that healthy lifestyle because you know I I was so busy at, at work that I skipped my lunch and yeah. then so I went home and picked up a takeaway because I was you know and and as nurses sometimes we don't have the healthiest lifestyles I think and that's I don't know whether I'm speaking personally but I think um I think you're right I think something that you said that really struck me you said I thought I was a good mum yeah and then so so you've (laughs) I think 
you know, you've applied a level of morality to your parenting based on a yogurt. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> you know, when we think about unless, you know, I'm not trying to minimize no, what you're saying. You're right. I, think, use. I think no wonder this is such a, a difficult subject because we apply morality to it and we like, mm. we make people feel like they're bad parents or we yeah. feel like they're bad parents yeah. or we, we, we have this like good food, bad food, yeah. healthy yeah. food, not healthy food. Yeah. And it's not helpful. No. And I think, I think like, like parents feel bad enough as it is about yeah. the decisions they make as parents. <laughs> and I don't think we need to make them feel any worse. And I think there is, I think there are gaps in provision. There's yeah. gaps, you know, depending on what area you're in, depends on yeah. what offers they have for some people. It's a six month wait. Sometimes it's easier, quicker than that. I think for me, there's something that we can do that's really helpful to skilled nurses. And we can, mm-hmm. with a 30 second phone call, alleviate some of that guilt and worry that parents have about, am oh, I a bad yeah. parent? By just saying, let's just put the child's weight to one side. Think about the things that we know are part of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And that are evidence-based to improve health. So we know that when you exercise more, your heart rate goes, it's, your cardiovascular yeah, fitness is better. Your blood pressure gets into a better range. We know that when you sleep well, your cortisol and your stress levels go down and you, you know, your body's functioning better. We know that when you eat, add in nutritious food to in whatever capacity you can, depending on what you can afford, whether it's like frozen peas and that's in the mug in the microwave because that's all you've got money for and you don't you haven't got a pan then that's that's okay or if it's a super duper gorgeous caesar salad because you can make that and you've got finances for that then do that you know if we can say to parents just add in the things to your child's life that helps them to be healthy and the evidence base around health behaviors improving health outcomes is massive whereas the evidence base around just weight loss on its own isn't actually that great so yeah most people lose weight because they're exercising more and they're eating better and they're sleeping better yeah so if we just focus on that and say look let's just take the guilt approach of, yeah let's take the guilt out of your child's body size and let's look at what you can do you can play out more or do sports more or go to local park or whatever you can do that's accessible you know and that'll be different for different people depending on the finances yeah what they've got available to them but i that thing of like you would drop a bomb like you were saying there with a letter that says you, you know your kid's overweight it's going to lead to cancer diabetes stroke and all sorts and then you're on a six month waiting list I think you're right to worry about what are we doing to people in that moment where they've kind of gone there's a problem just sit tight for a bit but we can very quickly in those you know those follow up phone calls you were yeah. saying we can alleviate some of that yeah. worry of just don't worry about the shape and size of your child let's just look at the health because this is yeah. healthy lifestyles is what it should be about yeah you know, bring it back to that I mean we're, we're lucky enough that if obviously the parents accept some support then we can give some support to the parent and we can also with their you know with their consent if they're happy we can then um, give four sessions to the child on healthy lifestyles so we'll go out into school meet them and we'll we'll talk to them about what they want you know for them whether it's to exercise more you know obviously we don't endorse it, um, them dieting so we just sort of focus on the, lo- the healthy lifestyles really and then we'll go back to the parent afterwards and, and talk to them and see how things are going for them if they've made any changes to you know family meal times what their feeding portion size is mm-hmm. I think that's what Miriam said there was so lovely. The fact that, you know, you can make it better with just a 30 second phone call and just take that guilt out of it there. Because, you know, as parents, everybody just wants to do the right thing Mm -hmm. and they don't need to feel guilty that potentially 
being seen as not doing the right thing when everybody is just doing the best you know in terms of giving them simple things that they can do that's right for them so you know we all know cost of living my food shop's gone up ridiculous you know but for those who are already struggling financially to have that over the head as well you know your child's overweight you need to make them eat more healthily but then you've got a barrier with help the the price of fruit and veg or whatever it may be so giving them solutions like you say frozen peas that are right for them and I think having someone I think there's a lot to be said for just empathizing isn't Mm -hmm. there and understanding what you're going through as a parent and giving them you know right you drive to school maybe walk to school instead but again if they live in a really rough neighborhood and they've got kind of they're scared of walking down a certain road because it's got a really bad reputation or whatever it may be or there's a certain park they don't like to cut through because there's loads of antisocial behavior and it's understanding what interventions or what things they can do rather than um, community groups that may offer or sometimes even food bank vouchers as well isn't it just being able to to get food bank vouchers to some of these these families so it's I think that empathy that I think do, school nurses do really well because we can have such an impact can't we on on how that parent feels in that moment of feeling a failure and there's nothing worse as a parent than, than feeling a failure and even as professionals we do it don't we and we go mm-hmm. oh just have your tablet for two minutes just <laughs> it stop being so active and having so much energy sit still for a few minutes so then then you're getting a professional telling you that you need to do this and and that so hopefully making those little like you you kind of summarize really well making those 30 second phone calls will just really really help with that has anyone actually noticed an impact of the cost of living crisis in practice i don't know have you selena have you noticed that You've got more kind of families struggling in terms of implementing healthy lifestyles, whether that be the cost of hygiene or, you know, toothpaste, toothbrushes for dental health, whatever. Have you noticed anything within your practice? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's it's across the board, really, as you say. So it so it could be oral health. It could be even taking to the opticians and you're like, well, it's free to take them to the opticians. It's fine, but it's a travel expenses to get yeah. there. Things like, I've you know, parents neglecting themselves because they're feeding their children I've heard that quite a few times where they've said well I can't you know if I can't afford to feed my child then I can't afford to feed myself so you know the parents you know not looking after themselves in order to feed you know to feed the rest of the family which is really really sad other things I think just neglect I think generally There's been, you know, I think there's been a rise in neglect cases. And as you say, personal hygiene, definitely clean clothes. You know, I think just simple things like the, the parents are probably only washing the clothes once a week instead of, you know, it, you know, changing them every other day because obviously the impact of the washing, the electricity mm. and everything. So, you know, I know a lot of schools have been noticing that yeah. as well. I mean, the cost of living crisis is a real opportunity for school nurses to kind of get back to that public health, isn't they, and put community-based support in for families isn't it it's 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 a real opportunity for for that to be able to help with you know your mind goes over time in terms of how you can help with you know getting dental hygiene packs or sanitary products as well in terms of you know in high schools that must be a real big concern because they're not cheap are they sanitary products and you notice anything in your area in terms of the cost of living then emma I think we've we've definitely seen more of an uptake with the food banks and um, we've had a lot of issues with the black mould. We've had lots of families been put in um, emergency housing in hotels and um, like apartments because of the state of their private rentals mm-hmm. or the council properties. But 
again, it's that trying to do what I think we've seen an increase in that maybe because doing washing, not opening windows, not being able to put the heating on. So you've got that damp kind of um, conditions that aren't improving. I was working with the asthma nurse on something a couple of months ago and she was saying that they'd seen a significant rise in some of our areas of Trafford where there's been a significant issue with black mould and young children with a wheeze and more asthma symptoms. So she'd been doing some work and um, some public health work in some of our schools mm-hmm. around how helping parents deal with that. I think just, yeah, kids being in oversized uniforms, scruffy uniforms, unwashed clothes. I, I, I'm unsure how much of it's to do with cost of living and how much of it's to do with um, parental mental health and Mm. I wouldn't like to say it's one or the other I also think social media with parents neglecting the kids in that way it's got a link to you know they spend hours on TikTok and actually just sort of neglecting the home and neglecting sort of responsibilities around the kids so I I think there's a few different scenarios going on that are impacting the the the, the issues with with kids but um yeah we've got the dental packs we've been giving those out um, I mean it's so difficult to even get a dentist appointment <laughs> as well isn't it GP, so yeah <laughs> that's really just add just add to the the problems there <laughs> <laughs> why not we're a resourceful bunch we can we can sort that out as well but there's there's a real kind of I don't want it to be doom and gloom there's lots of challenges and they faced by school nurses and there's lots of I mean healthy lifestyles are a specific around obesity is just so topical but I think parents having somewhere to go to for support is invaluable really so maybe looking at the kind of support that parents can access through the school nurse whether that would be phone calls messaging into chat health using the web websites for resources as well I think it's just making sure that they know that the school whatever the challenges are facing and however we feel about it like Miriam like so lovely kind of articulated before just giving that kind of 30 seconds of support can can mean a whole lot in the times of stress it's like five or six podcasts within a podcast isn't it healthy style and also uh, there is lots of resources I think like when Emma mentioned before in terms of delivering that information and then them not having anywhere to go there's lots of resources that you can maybe signpost in the meantime one of them is on our healthy teens website as well we've got a whole kind of section on healthy lifestyles we've got something that the kids themselves might find quite useful we've got a lunchbox hero game so it's like a really lovely animation type game where they can put the necessary food items within the lunchbox the healthy items within it so it's just really fabulous way of getting those messages across in a child-friendly fun way rather than feel like they're being you know preached at so have a look at that as well because that's fab health for teens health uncovered what does being healthy mean to you Yes, it's it's almost like having a balance of physical and mental health. But the thing is, healthiness doesn't have a look. And I think that's very important. Because when people envision a healthy person, they think of one image. That's obviously through, like, media and all of that. Uh, Like, being healthy is, like, what they said as well, like, on both sides. Like, staying active is, like, physical. And mental health is, like, not being, like, depressed all the time and stuff. Health for Teens. Health Uncovered. Those young people are so articulate and I think what they probably touched on a lot more than what we did was how mental health is just as important as that Mm. physical health and we maybe didn't touch upon it as much as as we should have done really because actually if you've got 
a healthy mind, the healthy body will kind of follow, won't it? They're so interlinked. I love it when young people just totally school you on something. <laughs> you think, why, why did I not I go that so- wrong? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think they were bang on right there about thinking about health as a whole, not just yeah. isolating it to one element. Yeah, I think that's kind of the take home from it. Would you agree, Emma? Absolutely. And I think listening to that then, it's about being content mm. with yourself physically, emotionally, mentally. It's just about being at one and and understanding what your body is, how it works, how it feels that using that to get through each day and to progress in life and I think that's something that looking back on what we've talked about through this podcast it's all these different areas that we need to help these children from a young age be able to understand appreciate and become a healthy individual through understanding their own physical and mental health yeah what did you think about that then Selena I think um the young person saying healthiness doesn't have a look mm-hmm. yeah they sort of summed it up they were so articulate weren't they like they were just totally embarrassed and showed us up because they just said it spot on and this is where <laughs> I I know I won't bang on about it too much but the point about how did year sixes feel about you know that process of being weighing and measured and I think as a school nurse ultimately everything should be child-led child-focused shouldn't it and we should always bear in mind that the voice of the child so well done kids (laughs) (laughs) that was school nursing uncovered please listen out for more conversations in this podcast series which cover mental health gender identity safeguarding and more and remember to follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss the upcoming episodes